These people are stupid. They're as dumb as you and I have been saying they are. When I say that, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, boy, <laughs> she should just, whoever's running her campaign should just tell her, look, the only shot that you have is if the CIA dumping the ballots and the Slavrum gang dumping the mail-in ballots. Uh, you should just not go and campaign anymore. Just just crawl into a mailbox somewhere and don't come out until November the 9th. <laughs> She's out there now with her with, with her with her fake accents. Uh, while her constituents are screaming and yelling at her that she's trying to starve them to death because she is um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who is a controlled opposition. She is a CIA plant and she has worked for the CIA. There's a guy on Twitter posted this thread a long time ago. Uh, there's a story at the Federalist today that uh, not only your uh, that that your uh, your pity party for one and your little fake accents not going to save you this time, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Well, how is all this possible? Well, it's possible because they really are as dumb as a box of freaking hammers, and it's starting to show. Hateful Hockle in New Teenock Teetland is now in a dead heat with Lee Zeldin. Now, a hateful Hockle, hateful Kate. He's one of the most despicable human beings that's walking the face of the earth right now. Here's another one that claims to be a, 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 a practicing Catholic who is like her predecessor, another, quote, practicing Catholic. Of course, at least Cuomo came out and said, I left the church or the church left me or whatever, um, who campaigns now for after birth infanticide, abortion, basically. Is now and 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 so she's so despicable. I don't even know. It boggles the mind. Yeah, I know that the votes are rigged in uh, Manhattan Island and Long Island, or in in, in Albany or Rochester. Uh, it's the same way in every state. Um, but these people aren't likable. They're 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 just. <laughs> when I was telling Fiorella, I said the reason that Hillary loses was lose, lost elections because she's not likable. There's no love there. So listen to this. I did you print John Daniel Davidson out? No. What was it called? Uh, it was called. We need to stop calling ourselves conservative. The conservative project has failed. And conservative need to forge a new political identity that reflects our revolutionary moment. He quotes this guy named John Ascanos. Yes, please. John Ascanos, uh, why conservatism failed. This is from October 6, 2022. Uh, Ascanos and Michael Hanby, and now John Daniel Davidson, and yours truly, who's been of this opinion for a long time, are all coming to the same conclusion about the political moment that we're in. And that's this, that liberal or liberalism as expressed through democracy and voting and balloting and whatnot uh, is proving to be a demonstrable failure. Esconders, who I've never heard of before, at Compact, Compact Mag. Since the rise of the modern conservative movement 
Its adherents have championed a burking respect for the hard-won wisdom of the organic social order. From William F. Buckley to Roger Scruton, conservative intellectuals have advocated for a defense of tradition under assault from the rationalistic scientific pretensions of modern ideologies. Tradition, not to be confused with tradition, tradition enabled an alliance between disparate groups. It was a usefully empty category evoking scriptural wisdom for religious conservatives, the constitution for anti-communist, and an emergent market uh, and emergent market orders for libertarians. But the tensions between these factions, whose tradition, which conservatism, aren't the real problem today. Rather, it is that the conservative defense of tradition has failed. Not because the right lost the battle of ideas, but because technological change has dissolved the context in which tradition once thrived. A technological society can have no traditions. You know, as a meditational point, I don't think it can get any better than that of, of, of describing the moment that we're in. A tech, just think about that. A technological society can have no traditions. You know, uh, one of our listeners, John Anderson, uh, sent me volume two and volume three of DQ McInerney's um, uh, Daily Meditational Philosophy <clears throat> books. Uh, if you don't know who D DQ McInerney was, he was a professor of uh, philosophy. And I want to say he was teaching at the FSSP at Our Lady of Guadalupe. Maybe he uh, was also doing a stint at Wyoming Catholic. A brilliant guy. I think his son teaches at Christendom. Uh, I've actually had DQ on the program uh, back in 2016. I did an interview with him. Uh, what, the first essay in volume three of the book is, is the exact same. McInerney comes to the exact same conclusion that Hamby's, come, Hamby's coming to, that Dreher's come to, that this Ascanos guy has come to, that John Daniel Davidson, who is the one of the founders and then the editor of the Federalist, um, uh, yours truly and many others have come to, and that and that and that's this. It the the uh, the true beast, <laughs> the the what is being fought. And what we identify as the enemy is technology itself. McInerney, I'll just read the, the last paragraph of this essay. It's just called Technology, Perennial Wisdom for Daily Life. When we see how technology relates to nature as entirely dependent upon it, as a secondary reality, depends on the primary reality, then we are properly disposed to give deserving primacy of place to nature. Notice how all of these arguments go back to nature. And of course, if it goes to nature, then it could go to the supernatural, right? Supernature, supernatural. Uh, if it goes to the supernatural, then it goes where? It continues uh, up, it, it's upward track. Well, who's the creator of nature? God. 
So, you know, if, if you if you have your, your ordering correctly here, which is everything descends down from God, the proper authority is from the top down, it's not from the bottom up, uh, then you will come to, 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 the, to the same conclusion that this techn- technological revolution or revolutions that I'm using, for example, to broadcast the Crusade Channel here today, this is the issue. It is the issue, which is why Free Farm Friday and the farming movement and the homesteading movement and the Catholic land movement and all that are, are finding such broad support with people flocking to them now and, 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 and taking it very seriously because they see, ultimately, it's the intellect, it's the souls saying, you're on to something. The natural is the necessary. The technological isn't necessary, but the natural is. And, and, and that's the brilliance uh, of McInerney here. That we are properly disposed to give de- de- deserving uh, to give deserving primacy of place to nature, but how often does that happen? Not as often as it should, I am afraid. The, the problem we face today is this: because of the virtual, total technologization of the world in which we live, there is a resulting propensity on our part to regard technology as if it were natural, thus falsifying it and with the result that we lose touch with the truly natural. So steeped have our lives become in the secondary reality, which is technology, that we are growing less and less conscious of the primary reality, which is nature. It is as if modern technology, for all its admitted wonders, has built a barrier, a huge silicon wall, between ourselves and the natural world. We are so enamored of, so fascinated and seduced by the man-made that we become increasingly insensitive to the God-made. That's pretty good analysis, don't you think? Now, when I have Frank Wright on today and uh, the final segment of the program, you're gonna hear Frank and I are going to talk pr- uh, pretty much about that because you know, that's what Frank writes about, consume, consume, consume. Now, Back to conservatism and the midterms in 15 days, and this essay here by John Ascanos, Why Conservatism Failed. Uh, This insight was first articulated by one of conservatism's, conservatism's great nemeses, Karl Marx. The bourgeoisie, as he famously wrote, cannot exist without constantly revolutionizing the instruments of production and thereby the relations of production, and with them the whole relations of society. Where, a, a close quote. Whereas in previous societies, the dominant class had had an interest in social stability that restrained technological innovation. The pursuit of profit removes social or political restraints on technology. Hence, the relentless revolu- revolutionizing of production uninterrupted disturbance of all social conditions, everlasting uncertainty, and uh, agitation distinguish the bourgeois epoch from all the earlier ones. Modernity liquidates traditions for the same reason that a farm might liquidate an underperforming factory to improve the allocation and return of capital. 
all fixed, fast, frozen relations, as Marx put it, with the train of ancient and venerable prejudices and opinions are swept away. All new formed ones become antiquated before they can even ossify. Technology for Marx is the true revolutionary principle, destroying traditions by shifting their foundations faster than they can adapt. Now, 